Justice, demand Judd, the injury, accident, professionals, first class service, Judd gets it done, maximum compensation's our goal, see JudshawInjuryLaw.com, demand Judd Shaw, Injury Law, 732-888-8888, Judd. Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome back to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Cross podcast. I'm Greg Giambarisi. Today, we sit down with Blue Cross pitcher Matt Russell on episode 68 of Line and Splitter, presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law. We understand the toll that injuries take on families, and we're here to help for a free consultation. Call 1-866-909-6894 or visit JudgeShawInjuryLaw.com. That's Judd with 2D, ShawInjuryLaw.com. So we had a chance to sit down with uh, Matt, Blue Claws pitcher. He was with Jersey Shore last year as well, and he was a lot of fun. Signed with the Phillies as a free agent a couple of years ago out of Missouri State, which, of course, was where Ryan Howard played. So we talk about that. Uh, we talk about a game that he pitched last year against Aberdeen that took six weeks to finish, and he took and he pitched eight innings in that game, uh, three in part one, five in part two. Uh, he tells a great story about how he found out he was going to end up, uh, how he was going to sign with the Phillies. So uh, we get into all that with Matt. We did tape this uh, a week ago, so apologies for that. But there are a couple of things that reference the upcoming series with Hudson Valley that's now uh, in the books. But uh, it, it's a uh, it there's an it's all a pretty generic uh, generic interview there. You'll enjoy it with Matt, who has spent a good amount of time here at the Jersey Shore the last two seasons and has done a great job. So uh, hopefully, sit down and enjoy our new episode of Hook, Line, and Splitter. It's Matt Russell on this Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Our guest, Blue Claws pitcher Matt Russell, second year with the Blue Claws, but a much different kind of season. Last year he was as a as a starter. That you're coming out of the pen. How do you like it? Uh, it's a little different. Um, definitely uh, not knowing exactly what day you're going to pitch every week is definitely a little bit of a trans uh, transition for me. But uh, I kind of like coming out of the bullpen. I think I get a little bit more adrenaline, especially late in the games coming out. But uh, definitely different. Still getting used to it, but. Um, liking it so far. And J- Jordy Martinez has done the same thing uh, here with the, with the Blue Claws. He was a starter last year and now is coming out of the pen um, like you. you know, what did they tell you when um, when they talked about moving to the pen, I assume at some point in, in spring training? Did they say, hey, you're going to you know, let it rip and you know, we want you to you – know, we can see a little more life on the, on the fastball, like that sort of thing? Yes, exactly, exactly right. I uh... – I got the opportunity in spring training to, to throw in one of the big league games and uh, stuff. Uh, my my velocity was a little bit higher. So they were like, you know, we, we kind of like the way that it's playing this way. Uh, we think this could be a good uh, a good role for you. Um, so we just went with it. Well, what was the experience like in, uh, in one of the big league games there? It was incredible. I came in um, – we were playing uh, the Orioles, and I got to throw the ninth inning. We were we were winning pretty big, but um, there was a pretty big crowd there, and and um, ended up punching out the side. So nice, um, yeah, it was it was uh, pretty surreal for me. In Clearwater, or on uh, Sarasota, over there. In Clearwater, it was at home. Yep, yep. Yeah, very cool. So, how how early did you get down to spring training? 
Um, I went a, a few weeks early. I, I went for, for mini camp, so I got there um, towards the middle of February, um, probably a couple, few days after Valentine's Day. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, you had a save. We have two saves, but you had one uh, the other day in Aberdeen, pitched the ninth inning. Um, you know, ha- how do you like uh, the ninth? I know, you know, Tommy's gotten a few. Jordy has a couple. Kirkering has a few. You've got two. How do you like uh, closing the game out? I like it a lot. Um, you know, the the guys you just mentioned do a great job of doing it as well. So um, I think just splitting up uh, some of the work throughout the week and, and throughout the games is is uh, pretty crucial. But uh, those guys do, do it great. But I like it a lot. Um, obviously, coming in the ninth, uh, game's on the line no matter what. So um, just kind of getting that extra adrenaline is, is always nice. So I, I want to go back to when you signed with the Phillies back in uh, in 2021. What was the the process like coming out of the draft? I and mean, you had been drafted out of high school in 2017. You ended up going to Missouri State. So what what um, the, you know the draft ends, and obviously it's a shorter draft, unfortunately at that time. Uh, but the you know the draft ends. What happens? Like you're getting calls. You're you know talking to your agent, and and how did you end up with the Phillies? So um, me and my agent had been talking uh, throughout the draft, you know, like team could take you here. What's your number? Are you going to sign? Would you sign after the draft as a free agent? And obviously it was all, it was all yes, yes, yes. Um, But um, so the day after the draft, uh, the Phillies called me and uh, the scout was uh, Justin Munson and he, uh, actually had been giving me pitching lessons um when i was when i was in high school he was no, uh he was a coach at one of our local community colleges so uh, i had known him previously um so i was actually that day of the draft i was uh working in a barbecue restaurant and i got a call from the phillies and they were like hey like um you know we know the draft's over but we like what we saw out of you this year and um, we know we want you to come pitch for the Phillies. And I was like, you know, great. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be good. And uh, yes. So, you know, I had a few other offers uh, for free agent deals. I think it was the Cardinals and Rockies, um, but I I wanted to be a Philly. What were you doing at the restaurant? I was uh, smoking barbecue. So uh, you were a cook. Barbe- yes. Pretty much. So I would That's take awesome. the barbecue out of the smoker and then come and then, you know, chop it up off the bone and then put it on the on the line to, to serve. So some, some small town Missouri stuff there, huh? That's amazing. I know a <laughs> lot of, when I ask guys that question, most of them say, well, yeah, we were we watched it or we were following it on MLB.com. Uh, I forgot who the player was a couple of years ago. He was playing golf and he got a call. But that's uh, that is amazing. Yeah, no, I was working. I was working. That's awesome. So you grew up. Uh, you went, you went to Missouri State, which was formerly Southwest Missouri State, and that's where Ryan Howard played uh, mm-hmm. before the Phillies drafted him back in two thousand and one. Is uh is like his number retired there? Is does he have kind of like a presence? Did he ever go out there when you were there? Um. I'm actually not sure if his number's retired, um, but every year they have an alumni game. And uh, I think two out of the four years I was there, he came to the alumni game and he oh, would walk cool. through the locker. 
he would walk through the locker room and, and say hi to all the guys. And, and uh, yeah, he definitely has a presence and, and people down there know who he is. So it, it's pretty cool to have him around. Yeah. So he's from St. Louis, which is obviously in the Eastern part. You're from the, the Western part of Missouri, correct? Like by Kansas city. Yes. Yep. And you, and you, you grew up a, who was your favorite? Uh, I know you were a Royals fan. Who are your, who's your favorite Royal? My favorite Royal at the time was Zach Grinky when he was there to start before he got traded away. Um, and that was when, uh, and then when I was in high school, when they got started getting good and winning world series, it was, uh, Lorenzo Kane and, and, uh, Alcides Escobar, Salvador Perez, who's obviously still there, you know, Eric Hosmer, that whole team. So, so they, yeah, they won, which would have been your what junior year, sophomore, yeah, junior, junior year of high school, junior, junior year of high school. That's did it. you go to any of the playoff games? I did. I went to game six of the World Series with my mom. My oh, mom. that's we, great. It was kind of, kind of a last-minute thing, and, and there was tickets uh, kind of up on the nosebleeds, but, you know, just, just being there is enough. What is a uh, – what was that like? Obviously, the you know, the, the Royals had some great teams in the 80s there, but um, hadn't been back in a, in a while. What What was that like? Uh, the, the fan base in Kansas city is, is unlike any other. I mean, everybody's passionate and loud and, um, they love the Royals and they love their chiefs. So, um, yeah, everybody's super loud and, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. What game did you go to? Game six. There was no game six. Game two. Okay. So that would have been. Oh yeah. LCS. Uh, gotcha. I got my fault. My fault. My fault. Did you go to game six of the LCS? Yes, probably, probably. Yeah, there you go. There it was game six. I don't think it was a World Series. I don't think because those tickets probably would have been expensive. I think yeah, it was yeah. LCS. Must have been something else. My fault. My fault. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's really cool. And then obviously now the Chiefs are good, and they have Mahomes. Oh. Can you go anywhere without like seeing three people in a Mahomes jersey in Kansas City? Not on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> any other day of the week. Um, not too bad, but it, Mahomes or Kelsey's, it's everywhere you look. So, so the the first time I saw you pitch, it was here in uh, 2022, early in the season. And one of the things that, um, you know, you kind of notice Im- immediately is that you have, you kind of vary your delivery and vary your timing and even va- and vary your leg kick, but a, a little more than than most. Is that a, a conscious thing? And, and you know, how long have you been kind of doing that as a way to throw off the hitters uh, right so I, did, I really didn't start doing much of that until my senior year of college and it was mainly just for timing and then once I started getting into pro ball um, just watching guys swing throughout the lineup um, you know are they they stay back do they have a leg kick are they more out front I can just kind of use some of that stuff to my advantage um, but uh, a lot of that stuff is is just for me just to vary timing but um i like doing it something different and uh, i always get some some comments about it i feel like no pigeon coach would take a guy from scratch and have him do it but because you've done it before and are comfortable doing it um you know you have the freedom and obviously it works for it works for you but it's it's not something that uh would work for everybody is that fair to say Right. Yeah, definitely not traditional. I probably uh, would not teach my son to do it. Um, it's it's a little bit different, um, a little bit of balance, but um, I like it. And like you said, it, it worked for me, so I'm just going to keep going with it. 
so last year you pitched, if you look at your game log, you have one game where you pitched eight innings against Aberdeen, and it was actually split up over six weeks. The first three, I think, were in Aberdeen on May 1st, and the game got suspended, and then you kind of like, I, I don't want to, I guess you, you stayed in the game six weeks later here, as a, or, or you came into the game for yourself uh, six weeks later here, which is pretty cool. You got a few little stories get popped up on that. What do you remember about that game or right. game? So that uh, first part in Aberdeen, uh, I, it got rained out in like the third inning or something, but that was when uh, Adley Rutschman was doing his, his rehab stint in Aberdeen. So that was pretty cool to have um, him down there um, having some success. And then it, the game just rained out. So I think you struck uh, him out. You just strike him out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, definitely one to remember and then got to come home and, and finish it off. I was just happy that they gave me that opportunity. And then I go look at the, the box score and it was just something, something crazy, like 120 some pitches and 129, you know, 129. Exactly. So um, any same pitcher probably would not do that in one day. So something had to be wrong. So, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's technically right. Just it just needs an asterisk, but it's still cool. That was really that was really cool. That was really cool. And you guys got to win the win that day. So last season finishes up. Um, you know, you head back home to get ready for twenty twenty three. What were some of the big things that you wanted to and the and the Phillies wanted you to work on heading into this year? Heading into this year, they wanted me to add um, more of like a, a swing and miss, like an out pitch. So whether that was making my slider a little bit better or um, adding another pitch just to get more swing and misses, um, that was kind of their focus. So I went home and, and uh, worked on my slider a little bit, and then I added uh, a sinker this year. So now I throw uh, a sinker as well as a four seam just as a fourth pitch. So um, hopefully it stays on my side there. So the two fastballs, a slider and – What's the fourth pitch? Curveball. Change up. Change up. Yeah, sorry. Um, Change so when when you say work on your slider, obviously everybody wants each pitch to improve year to year. What kinds of things are you trying to work on? Is it grip? Is it release point? Position of your fingers on the ball? You know, extra strength or extra pressure with one finger relative to the second finger. When you say work on the slider, what what does that mean for you? All of the above. So um, whether that's just playing catch with it and just figuring out what grip feels comfortable, um, you know, where where your release point is when you're looking at the catcher, what, what uh, you want it to do through the zone. And then thankfully at Missouri State, we have, uh, you know, Rapsodo, TrackMan, things mm -hmm. like that. So you can kind of look at the numbers and see how much, you know, vertical break and horizontal break you're getting on the pitch. Um, to see, you know, if it's comfortable with you and how it's working. So um, just all the above there. Yeah. And now here, obviously you also have that stuff here with the Phillies in, in the spring. So do you, how do you judge it? Like, is it just a feel thing? Um, like you can kind of tell how much movement or do you like to judge it, you know, numerically, like spin rate is up X percent or X RPM and, the horizontal movement or the vertical movement is up whatever this number of inches, or do you just, this is kind of more of a feel thing for you? Um, well, once I get in the game, I, I try, I don't worry about the numbers at all. Um, yeah. but 
as far as like bullpens and, and things like that, I try to focus on throwing it um, with as much effort as I can. So as hard as I can through the zone and um, you know, I just kind of rely on the pitching staff behind me to, to, to tell me all the numbers, but I, I feel like I have a pretty good eye. I can see, of you know, how much break it's, it's going to be, but I just try to work on throwing it, you know, just as hard as my fastball and just letting it play. So do you, do you feel uh, comfortable throwing it to run in on left-handed hitters as well as you do diving away from right-handed hitters? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it, it opens up the play and it, and it lets, uh, you know, some of my other pitches work off that. So uh, if I can use all four to, to both sides of the plate, I think it'll be a lot, a lot of good. How do you like working with uh, Phil and Brady? I I like Phil and Brady a lot. I think uh, they, they offset each other quite a bit. Um, Phil's a lot more calm and Brady's a lot more energetic. And I think they work great together and, and they've helped me uh, a lot with, with my stuff and you know, not just pitching, but, you know, you know also mindset. And uh, Brady's got big league time himself, so I think mm-hmm. that helps as well. So um, it's been really good so far. Yeah, I mean, Phil was in your shoes a while ago, but Brady was in your shoes within the last couple of years. So what kinds of things can he, um, you know, share with you and lessons that, you know, or basically perspectives that he can provide that, Others can't just because of where he was not that long ago. I mean, he played last year. Right. Things like that. Absolutely. So I think he has a really good idea of um, how how to individualize each pitcher and how to use their arsenal on how to attack hitters. And me and him have a similar arsenal of pitches that we we throw. So some of his advice to me was things that he had to work on because we threw similar pitches. And then also, side note, uh, a fun fact about Brady is he he was uh, roommates last year when he was with the Blue Jays with one of my college teammates, Hayden Yinger at, at Missouri State. So, oh, there you go. You know, we always have we always have that to talk about. That's as well. cool. That's cool. And then what what perspectives does Phil provide? Obviously, you know, he has a very unique background. He did professional mental skills training for a while, pitching coach in college, pitching coach in pro ball, all-American college pitcher. Yeah. Uh, Phil's got some really good insight. He has a lot of uh, knowledge on um, on the hitter, on what they like to swing at, and he's got all the numbers of, you know, swing percentage, you know, what they chase at, what they don't like, what they can hit. Um, he's got more of, of what the hitter side is, and he, he always says uh, just – uh, use your strengths, attack with your strengths. And, and most of the time it's going to beat the hitter. So um, he's got data on both sides and he, he's got uh, just really calm composure, um, which I think a lot of guys need out there on the mound. So um, it's, it's really nice having him there. So, you know, you'll pitch you know, twice a week, you know, twice a week, basically uh, in these six game series. But now you're facing a team this week in Hudson Valley that you haven't seen yet this year. Now I know there are a couple guys that were there last year, but what um, you know, what kind of preparation do you do personally, and does the staff do as a whole to get you ready for you know for a fresh series against guys that you haven't seen yet this season? Right. So usually we'll just you know go through a scouting report, um, but um, the main thing is 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 I think for the most part, other than a few games here and there. I mean, we've been throwing the ball well. 
we've been getting some good starts and, and our bullpen's been coming in and, and closing some games down and our bats have been hot, you know, as a team. So really just keep playing how we've been playing um, and, and just trust our stuff and, and let everything work. So, you know, last year was kind of a tough season win loss wise, but you guys are a game and a half out uh, with 15 games left in the, in the first half this year. And Hudson, you're chasing Hudson Valley who's, who's here this week. We're taping this on, the morning of June 6th, the first day of that six-game set. So, you know, have, have you guys kind of been into it and, and, and checking out the standings and, uh, you know, how much juice is there for you guys as a team, you know, in a, in something of a pennant race? Yeah. No, we uh, probably be lying if we said we, we don't check the standings. So we know where we're at. But, um, I mean, obviously the, the goal is to win doesn't matter who we're playing, doesn't matter the time of the year. Um, it would be nice to, you know, clinch and get in the playoffs, but we know this is a big series for us. But, uh, you know, we, we try to win every game, you know, regardless of the standings. So um, that's just how, we, how we're trying to play this year. Uh, Matt, thanks for a little while. Thanks for a few minutes here. We're going to uh, wrap it up and let you get ready for uh, for the game tonight here. But a couple more uh, quick ones based on uh, the, the questionnaire you filled out on uh, when you got here at the beginning of the season. So college basketball, you put your, your favorite sport. Um, I know Missouri State had some big teams. I want to say they made a Sweet 16 going back 20 years. You know, they, they've always been up and down, but pretty good. Um, who's your favorite college basketball team? Kansas, besides Missouri State? Ooh. Um, Kansas is, is the local team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always like watching, you know, Kentucky or Duke or – you know, some of those ACC schools just because of the talent level, but just March Madness in general is just, it's, you can't beat it. Can't I always felt bad for you guys because you're, you're stuck playing games like during the, those first couple of days. At least the morning, the afternoon session is tougher to follow. I, I know you're home by, or you're back at the hotel or whatever by the, the night session, but you always miss the, those afternoons. Right. Yeah. That's, that's always tough, especially, you know, the, the NBA finals going on right now too. So, um, just kind of catch the tail end of those games, but not too bad. Yeah. What do you do on your days off? What do I do on my days off? Um, golf, fish, sleep. Not a big golfer. Um, you know, last last Monday, me and and Jared Carr went. Uh, there's like a local campground, and we went fishing. Oh, nice. Uh, like to sleep in quite a bit. You know, watch a movie, and you know. Feeling a little crazy, might go to the mall, but just kind of relaxing, kicking my feet up, getting off my feet. Look, you don't get uh, a lot of time off. I mean, even the day, you know, you're here nine, 10, 11 hours on a game day anyway. So, yeah, those, those days off are precious. You got to make right. sure you get rested up. Absolutely. It is, a, it is a long grind. And then I just want to point out there are like seven people in this office that absolutely love Morgan Wallen. Who you put in your favorite musical artist there? So they'll sure they'll appreciate absolutely they'll appreciate that. And then the last one, um, job if you weren't playing baseball, U.S. Marines is that was was that something that you strongly considered? Um, yeah, you know, coming out of either high school or college there. I did, I did. Um, uh, I've always just kind of had uh, a knack for you know I have two grandfathers who who served. So um, that just was something I was felt strongly about and something I would have really liked to do. And also I just could not see myself working a desk job. So it's just something uh, that was my go-to. So, Well, that, that's, uh, that's certainly a great sentiment for sure. 
Matt, thank you so much for a few minutes. Uh, good luck this week. We'll be uh, we'll be watching, of course, and uh, have some fun and we'll get a couple wins. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. Thanks to Matt Russell for joining us on Hook, Line, and Splitter. Baseball fans, you can watch every Blue Claws game on Bally Live, the only app where minor league baseball fans can score major rewards for streaming your favorite teams, chatting with friends during a watch party, testing your skills at trivia, and much more. Being a fan of the minor leagues has never been so rewarding. What are you waiting for? Download Bally Live for free from the App Store or the Google Play Store and start scoring rewards today. Blue Claws are in Wilmington this week on Wednesday night, the 14th. Jersey Shore entered the game having been shut out in three straight games. All they did was score 16 runs on 15 hits, including two bombs from Rickson Wingrove. So they busted out of that. Matt Osterberg, who is our next guest, by the way, on Hook, Line, and Splitter, uh, he will be on. We, we taped him earlier today, so you'll get that uh, get that coming up. Blue Claws back home Tuesday night. The Rome Braves are in town. Six games, a rematch, I guess, of the 2018 Sally League Championship Series, which Rome won three games to one. Their rotation, if you remember, had three, uh, four big leaguers in there. Mike Soroka, Tukey Toussaint, Colby Allard, and Max Freed. That was a, t- a tough series at the plate for, uh, for Jersey Shore. We won the first game, but then lost the next three, I guess, liquid uh, at the time. So Tuesday, Wednesday, night games, Thursday, uh, Thursdays, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Girl Scout night, the 23rd with postgame fireworks. Next Saturday, the 24th, is Marvel Superhero Night. So looking forward to that one. Spider-Man will be here for character appearance. And then uh, Kids Day Sunday to wrap it up on June 24th. And then uh, Blue Claws will go to Brooklyn for a week and come back for July 4th, uh, believe it or not. So uh, a lot going on. And uh, July 4th, one of the bigger nights of the year, every year, post-game fireworks, the whole bit. So we're very much looking forward to that. Uh, that will do it for this episode of Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. I'm Greg Jambarisi. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks to our guest, Matt Russell. We'll talk to you soon. Hook, Line, and Splitter, presented by Judge Shaw Injury Law, Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.